0: So I I think I've mentioned this before, but my favorite proverb or wise saying of all time comes from the late uh, Bishop Desmond Tutu, who said, if you give a person a fish, you feed them for a day. If you teach a a person to fish, you feed them for a lifetime. But if you teach a person to ride a bike, they will realize that fishing is boring. (laughs) I once went fishing with my grandfather who until that day had refused to take any of his grandkids fishing with him because as it turns out fishing is boring, if, for me at least. And, and, and this grandchild was ready to leave after about 10 minutes. After all of that, after getting the boat, after getting the tackle, after getting the pole, I don't want to be here. But put me on a bike and I could ride for hours and hours. So I am all in with Bishop Desmond Tutu. My grandfather, however, would agree with the first part of of that statement, but he obviously wouldn't agree with the the fishing being boring part, which highlights the limitation of how Proverbs work. As I've mentioned a few times, in our diverse, complicated world, it's almost impossible to capture the truth, or a truth, that works for all people in all places at all times always, which is like what makes preaching impossible. Like how do you make a definitive statement and have it like make sense for everyone? But this doesn't mean that Proverbs are wrong or unhelpful, because their purpose isn't to feed us the truth but to teach us to discover what is true and good for ourselves it's the beginning of a conversation this is what the book of proverbs in the bible says about its own purpose in proverbs chapter one uh, starting with verse two proverbs are for learning about wisdom and instruction for understanding words of insight for gaining instruction about how to live well, learning about integrity, justice, and equality, to teach shrewdness to the inexperienced, knowledge and prudence to the young. But let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning acquire skill to understand proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord or reverence or awe of of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the purpose of the book of Proverbs is to inspire a lifetime of learning about how to live well with integrity and working for justice and equality. The intended audience begins with those who are young and inexperienced, but it also includes those who are wiser and older and still are in need of adding to their learning. So as an educational tool, a proverb is like any, any good tool. It's built for a specific purpose and therefore also has limits to its use. For example, a hammer is great if you wanna nail, uh, put a nail into something, but if you have a sliver in your hand, it is completely useless right? It doesn't mean that a hammer is bad. It just means it has a very specific use. So in the same way, a proverb works specifically because it's short and it's easy to remember. They stick with us a little longer, which means that we may think about it more often, or we may reflect on this proverb more frequently. But because they're short, they can fail sometimes to capture the complexities and the nuances of life. Sometimes. For example, let's compare um, Desmond Tutu's short proverb uh, with this more nuanced proverb that I wrote for all of you this week. So, So please try to memorize this important piece of wisdom. Give a person a fish and feed them for a day. Uh, unless it's a big fish, and then you might be feeding many people for a day. Or if they have a refrigerator, they might have leftovers for a few extra days. But teach a person to fish, and you feed them for a lifetime. Uh, unless you take the fishing pole with you, then you just feed them for a day. And if you give them a fishing pole, then you really, you're just feeding them for the lifetime of the fishing pole or until the fishing pole breaks. So if you want to feed someone for a lifetime, you have to teach them how to fish and how to make their own fishing equipment. But even then, if you don't do anything about global warming, their fishing hole will dry up. And even now, this super long proverb can't capture all of the complexities of trying to address the problem of hunger in this world, right? So put that on a bumper sticker. (laughs) It doesn't quite have the impact that a a shorter proverb has. Proverbs are great just as long as we aren't expecting them to do too much work for us. Again, proverbs are the beginning of a conversation that allow us to discover what is good and true for ourselves. So in this way, the nature of a proverb is like the nature of us, of our humanity. We too have limitations we too have something to offer and we always have something to learn from God, from, from one another and from the world that we live in. I think this is really what is at the heart of that phrase, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or, or wisdom. Unfortunately, fear is feels like a terrible translation here. At least for me, fear has this sense of dread that God will punish me if I don't get this right. A a more helpful translation, I would imagine, would be reverence or awe. Having reverence for God is the beginning of wisdom because reverence is is a posture of humility, like a a posture of learning, like I, I don't know it all. And being in awe of something is usually a really positive experience of wonder that piques our curiosity and excitement about life and about this weird, wild, mysterious, and good world that we live in, right? Like, that's what awe does. It's a really positive way of forming us. I mean, have you ever watched the sun setting over the Pacific Ocean? Where? That way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sorry. Where was I? <laughs> I'm lost here as well. I know. <laughs> Have you ever watched the sunset setting over the Pacific Ocean with the, <laughs> with the water sparkling and the sky changing all kinds of amazing colors? And, and when that happens, did you think to yourself, That's dumb. I could totally do that, right? Like, no, of course not. Like awe inspires us to realize that, oh, there's so much more beyond me. There's so much more for me to learn. There's so much more that I can't do. These experiences of awe that we have inspire us to learn and to grow and to discover. So awe opens us up to wonder And to discovery, reverence is a posture of humility that opens us up to learning. So so let's consider then just a a short proverb, one proverb out of the entire book of Proverbs to think about today. Proverbs 14.4, where there are no oxen, the barn is empty, but from the strength of an ox comes abundant harvest. There you go. Put that to good use. Now, on the surface, in our modern world, we can obviously see the limitations of this proverb, right? How many of us have an ox? How many of us even have a barn? And yet, we still have food. But even for actual farmers, an ox can't compare to a tractor. So has the wisdom of this proverb run out? Maybe. But let's be curious, just for a second. It sounds like having an ox is a good thing, but are there any advantages to not having an ox? Why might someone want an empty barn that would require a proverb to be written about this, right? Like, proverbs exist for a reason, and so this proverb is saying, uh, presumably some of you don't want to have an ox, but, but that's not a great idea. Well, if I think about our own pets, If we didn't have cats, I wouldn't have to get up early in the morning to feed them. I would generally sleep better at night because they wouldn't be fighting at three in the morning. We wouldn't have to take sick cats to the vet and we wouldn't have to scoop litter and clean up after them, right? Like that all sounds really positive to me. Now, So I'm guessing that life without an ox is somewhat similar. Life without an ox is less messy it's less complicated. We have more time and energy to do other things. But in this agricultural, pre-tractor world, an empty barn would mean an empty stomach. A less complicated life could actually be a disaster. And how much time are we like longing for a less complicated life? An abundant life, presumably according to this proverb, is... Messy and complicated. And it requires that we do the hard work of showing up for all of it. Before my wife and I started dating, I was afraid to tell her the truth about how I felt about her for a variety of reasons. Uh, But in part, because it felt so complicated. It felt really risky. What if she rejects me and and that ruins our friendship? Or what if it doesn't work out and, and that ruins our friendship? Oh, what will other people think since we have dated each other's friends? Like, what will our friends think? And then one Saturday evening in Eagle Rock, I, I, I shouldn't be pointing in any direction, really. <laughs> where, where, wherever, wherever Eagle Rock is, uh, it's close to here. Um, I was uh, I was sitting in a church service, and to be honest, I was pretty distracted and wasn't really paying attention to whatever the pastor was saying. But I heard one thing that was said they said if you want to keep your house clean just don't let anybody into the house right like how simple just clean your house and then don't go into it in other words if you want to keep your life free of complication and risk don't let people into your life don't let anyone see the real you don't tell them the truth don't allow people access but if you want an abundant life the house is meant to be occupied. Like that's what a house is for. Life is meant for relationships, and and a lot of the complications that come with those relationships. So I, I took the risk of of um, life getting more complicated, and now about twenty years later, here we are in Santa Monica, and we have we have three children, and our house is almost always messy and complicated like life is, is still messy and complicated in fact a few weeks ago Maya and I were at a conference in New Mexico um, and for the first time in a really long time pro- probably since the beginning of the pandemic it was just us without children I mean the barn was empty and we were so excited about about having like four days just just without a life being so messy and complicated but when we got there, um, both of us started feeling really anxious. And we were like, what? Like, this was supposed to be so amazing. And, and we were thinking, like, is this just because we're anxious people? Or is this because after two years of, of being together almost always, we now have, like, two years of difficult conversations to have with one another? Um, and, yeah, there was honestly probably a little bit of, of all of that involved in it, but mostly... What it turned out to be was that we were at a significantly higher altitude in New Mexico than we were here, which means that there was like 30% less oxygen in the air. And as we were breathing it in, like our chests were tight like the entire time, which is the experience of anxiety. So life is even more complicated at altitude. An abundant life is almost always... Always messy and complicated. Again, it's hard to make a definitive statement that's true for all people in all places at all times, but, but I think this is a, a, a safe bet. Life is complicated. And an abundant life will be messy and it will be complicated. But let's remember that we can't ask this proverb to do too much work for us. It's pointing us in a direction. It's beginning this conversation, but it's on us. It's on us to wrestle with what this all looks like. It's on us to wrestle with what it looks like in our own lives and in our own communities and families. It's on us to discover what it means for this proverb or for a complicated, abundant life to lead us in the way of integrity, justice, and equality. So, good luck with all of that. Please pray with me. God, thank you for being with us in all of it, in all of life, in the midst of the mess, in the midst of the complications. We pray that your spirit would continue to move in us and through us so that we may participate in this beautiful, wild, good world that you've placed us in. We pray that your spirit would guide us along the way of integrity, justice, and equality. Amen.